Hi, welcome to Tamiwa Oluen Podcast. Thanks for downloading, and as you listen, you are guaranteed an encounter with the word. Such a great feeling to be back. Amen. Uh, I got all the messages I could get. Uh, sound and media, please do something about this microphone. I got all the messages I could get. Uh, ah, this is not my voice, media. This is not my voice. Let your tomb be open and release my voice. So I got all the messages I could get, and uh, apparently everybody prefers uh, Paul Tom's preaching. And... Uh, so I've spoken to my team. I'm starting my own branch. Praise God. So, just in case my own preaching does not enter your body, the preaching of last Sunday is on YouTube. Go and watch it. Amen. I want to continue from what I started on Friday. Flamed, but favored. Somebody say flamed but favored. Somebody messaged me on um, Friday and said exactly what I preached was just what she was passing through. And let me tell you the honest truth. I'm not that kind of preacher that they bring people's report to determine my sermon. I just say whatever the Lord ministers to me to say. Uh, and one thing I've come to realize is that virtually every one of us is flamed. Every one of us is flamed. And, you know, the best explanation for flames is that it's something that really does not define you. When you ask a young man that why are you going about sleeping around with different women, that's not what defines him. But he just finds himself doing it. You find somebody who is very promiscuous, somebody who is um, um, have a crypto kind of attribute, always stealing, always doing all kinds of things. It's not really what defines them. That's why when you call a fool a fool, he's mad at you because he does not see himself as a fool but he's exhibiting foolishness. So every one of us in certain areas of our lives, we are flamed. We are flamed. But the good news is you are favored. Somebody say, I'm favored. John chapter 6, John chapter 6, from verse 53 to 65, is a long read, but I want you to flow with me. John chapter 6, from verse 53 to 65. If you follow me, you will get the depth of this message, even from this scripture. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. That's to tell you that Jesus does not lie. Pastors can lie. A bishop can lie. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Unless you drink his blood and eat his flesh, there is no life in you. Next verse. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. Not any other kind of life. Not the paparazzi kind of life. Not the life of you travel to London, you travel to Canada. That's not the life he's talking about. You have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. I will raise him up what? At the last day. For my flesh is the real food. Not Yadija. Not KFC. His flesh is what? The real food. 
And my blood is what? The real drink. Not Zobo. Not wine. Not champagne. His blood is what? The real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me. And I in him. Just as the living father sent me. And I live because of the father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. The twist to this scripture, put it back, put it back. 57, put it back. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. The one who feeds on me will live because of me. What's the twist here? That your life is permitted to experience whatever Jesus is experiencing. Your life is permitted to experience whatever Jesus is experiencing. Bishop David Oedekbo said that if sickness could not be found in the body of Jesus, then you can't find sickness in my body. It can surface, but it can't be found. Are you listening to me? There was nothing called lack in the dictionary of Jesus and in his experience. To the point that there was a time when he felt like he was broke. He ordered his disciples to go and pick coins to pay their tax from the mouth of a fish. There is always a fish planted somewhere that can sort your bills. There is always a fish somewhere. But the only reason why you are not opportuned to see that fish is because you are not feeding on what? Verse 58, verse 58. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not the bread your pastor presented to you. Not the bread that you found in your, in, in your family devotion or you grew up. You know when people just say, I'm a Christian just because they were born in a Christian family. No. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna. Your forefathers worshipped at various altars. Your forefathers worshipped stones, river, leaves, animals. Some instinct. They really never had a special God. It was just instinct. I was watching a video yesterday on, uh, on Facebook whereby um, an alligator, I believe it was an alligator, that came out of the, the, the sea and all the villagers gathered. They're like, this alligator comes out like that once a year. So what they do is that they throw, uh, they throw um, raw egg, like seven of it, and throw it on the alligator's head. So the alligator moves back a little bit. So once the alligator is close to the water, then they, they, they throw a live chicken into the mouth of the alligator. And the next thing that happens is the alligator moves back and goes back into the water. Only to realize that that's how they worship the alligator every year. So that means anytime the alligator comes out, he's requesting for blood. And I said to myself, not in this kind of age. That's good meat. That's good meat. Because it's still been the same alligator coming out. Your forefathers ate manna and died. I wish the forefathers ate the manna and died with the manna. You know the funny part? They still left leftovers for some people. That's why when you go to your village, you still see the same altar that your grandfather worshipped. But he who feeds on the bread will do what? Will live forever. Verse 59. 
He said this while teaching in synagogue in Capernaum. Now 60. On hearing this, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. We have always known Jesus to be teaching in parables. His, story, his, 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 his teachings and his sermons are always very sweet. Very, very sweet. But this one, it's very hard. It's very hard. Because all they could picture in their head was, do we have to kill this man to eat his body and drink his blood? Who can accept it? Verse 61. Aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus, no. Just like when I told one of my covenant brother, I said, any pastor that does not know the health status of his congregation, you are not doing well as a pastor. Just like as I am, some of my leaders be like, oh, pastor does not really show up like this, pastor does not show up. I know the health status of almost everybody. I can see you and tell what you are passing through. I might not just come to you. I'm a very, very good observer. I observe people very well. No matter how much you try to pretend, you can only do it for a little while. So I know when to switch. I really know when to switch. I know when to come up with things. So Jesus observed his disciples that these ones are not taking the teaching. What are they doing? They are grumbling. I can tell what they were grumbling about. Who will cut the head? Who will cut the hand? Peter, you get mind? That knife there, your hand. How, how won't they hold them? From back? From front? Wait till we go tell him, mama. Say we chop in picking. That was what they were grumbling about. Because if a teaching is hard and you don't want it, what do you do? You leave it. You leave it. Just like I've preached here before several times. I'm sure even today. Somebody's mind is not whatever I'm saying. It's like I just came to church because it's Easter. Or I came to church because I really want to see that person that is owing me money today, today. I'll collect my money. That's why I came to church. So all that I'm saying. But the disciples were grumbling because they were, they were trying to put those words together. How do, we, how do we finish this man? Jesus said to them, does this offend you? It's my body now. It's my blood. How is he offending you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? Ah, at first, we said these words were hard. Now you are getting us confused. As far as we are concerned, you are Jesus, the son of Mary and Joseph, the carpenter. You came from your mother's womb. Which one is ascend to where he was before? Where were you before? Verse 63. The Spirit gives life. I love the way Jesus used to switch. Ascension, life, two different things. It's like me talking about Visa, and the next thing I say is Coca-Cola is a good company. You're like, Pastor, what's the correlation between Visa and Coca-Cola? The spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words are spoken to you. They are what? They are spirit. They are life. If you get this part, you're good. The words I have spoken, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. Verse 64. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning. See, all the drama you perform in church today, your Messiah knows about it. All your intentions. Jesus has known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray him. So there are three categories of people. The ones that will believe, the ones that will not believe, and that's one that will betray. Now 65. 
He went on to say, this is why I told you. No one can come to me unless the what? Unless the Father has enabled them. Put verse 63 on the screen. 63. The Spirit gives what? Gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. Let's start by saying that from these scriptures, we can decode that words are full of spirit and life. Words are what? They are full of spirit and life. Words are spiritual and living. Just in case you've been here and you've been speaking just any kinds of words, you probably did not know that words are spirit and they carry life. To be flamed is quite an exemption, but to be favored is engagement with the word. Get this right again. If the words that Jesus said he spoke to them is full of spirit and full of life, that tells you that words have a spirit and they carry life. Matthew 12, verse 36 to 37. Matthew 12, 36 to 37. Matthew 12, 36 to 37. He said, but I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word. You know the danger of this scripture? It would be good if you die at the age of age 5 or age 10. You can still recap or summarize all the words you have spoken. But imagine you die at 70-something. How do you want to remember what you said when you were age 12? On the last day, on the judgment day. Now, the irony, see, when I read scriptures, I read with understanding of the spirit. When he's talking about judgment day, it's not talking about when you are dead. He's talking about the day that word is supposed to take manifest. So at a 10, you are telling yourself, I will not marry until I build a house. That's why you are 46 and you are not married. I'm a patriotic Nigerian. Every other country shall go to hell. That's why they will never give you visa lottery. Visa, rather. That's why they'll never give you. That's why they'll never give you. You give an account. Because every word has a time factor. Every word. You give an account on the day of judgment. What you said in 2005, the judgment day can be 2023. Because I'm going to dedicate my life in marriage and love my husband, love my children, and be devoted in my home. May God punish my husband if he ever cheats on me. That's why he's going through a tough time right now. Am I helping somebody this morning? I had colleagues that would say, oh boy, now you will go copy today. Oh, my brain, no, they carry book. That's why they are still dull till today. Money, no, they stay my hand though. That's why you don't have... 
you will give an account on the day of judgment for every careless words they have spoken. Next verse. Next verse. Next verse. For by your words you will be what? Acquitted. And by your words you will be what? Condemned. I'm helping somebody this morning. By your words you will be acquitted. By your words, you'll be condemned. By words, men can be denied. Men can be acquitted. Men can be condemned. But acceptance and access is also guaranteed by the word. I said on Friday, I said the most challenging season in the life of a man is determined by questions. When people start questioning you, it's a very, very challenging season. And the most productive season in the life of a man is honored by answers. It's solved by answers. Once you have an answer to a question, it's a good season. My wife will bear me witness anytime I'm going through anything, any phase in life. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to pretend like I don't know what is wrong. I really want to know where this came from. I want to know the source of this. What most of you do when you're going through battles is that you're trying to deal with things from the surface. There is a source. If your auntie is the wicked woman in your household and you don't deal with her as being the source, I have seen witches transfer powers to their daughters. I have seen wizards transfer powers to their sons. So you are just dealing with the surface. Deal with the source. For by words, you'll be acquainted. You'll be charged. So whatever it is you are experiencing in 2023, it's probably as a result of what you said in 2022. Now you see the reason why every church is always coming with the theme of the month and theme of the year. Because it, we have to flow with this direction. We have to flow with this direction. Your words will bring you victory. Your words will bring you victory. So both questions and answers, they are expressed in words. It takes your words to be condemned, but it takes God's word to be favored. So on Friday, I started by laying the foundation, which I said there are three major areas in the life of a man that will go through the flames of questions. I said to you, I said, number one, your words will be questioned. Your words, the things you say, the things you believe. Number two, your works will be questioned. What you do. What you do. Then number three, your worship will be questioned. But I want to focus on the word for today because that's the assignment that God has given me this morning. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 5 to 6. Proverbs 30 verse 5 to 6. Proverbs 30 verse 5 to 6. Every word of God is flawless. That means every words of men are filled with flaws. Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words. This is the mistake, like I said on Friday, this is the mistake that every one of us make. 
One of the biggest revelations that the Lord has given us in this house is the revelation of Psalm 23 verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. The question to ask yourself is as powerful as that scripture is, are you a sheep? Because if if you are a dog, that scripture cannot work for you. If you are a cat, let me tell you something, a cat spiritually is more better than a dog spiritually. I'm not talking about the physical. In the physical, a dog is better. That's in this part of Africa. But from where I stayed for many years, a cat, in fact, cats sleep on the bed. People take shower for cats. There's cat school. Amen? Why did I say a cat is better than a dog spiritually? A cat can breeze in and breeze out. A cat is evil today, and tomorrow a cat is nice. That's spiritually. But a dog, spiritually, feeds on vomit. That's why if you study the scripture very well, the other side of man is always likened to a dog. But the good side of a man is likened to what? A sheep. Some scriptures will use dog. Some scriptures will use goat. So my question to you is this. If you are saying the Lord is my shepherd, that tells me that I should be what? I should be a sheep. Because a shepherd cannot keep charge over a dog, over a goat. Not that the shepherd cannot do it, but you are making the job of a shepherd even much more difficult. So it's as good as you are praying, but your prayers are not going above the ceiling. It reminds me of what the psalmist says. He says, your word have I eat in my heart that I may not do what? That I may not sin against you. So the consciousness of the words determines my culture around God. The consciousness of his word determines my culture around God. The best place to pretend as a Christian is not in the world, but is in church. Lift up holy hands. Is your hands holy? The worst part is when you give some people the mic and say, can you hear God? It says, I hear God. And people just come out with statements that is not of God. I remember a time somebody put me on the spot and said, uh, I think they called me a post today. It was uh, maybe like four, four or five years ago. He said, Apostle, can you come and tell us what the Lord is saying? I literally went up there and I said to the person, I had a great time in today's service. Your word blessed me and all of that stuff. And it is well with all of us. Because I did not hear what the Lord is saying. But some of us are falling victim. What's the Lord saying? Then you go up there and say it. Whereas you did not even hear anything that God said. Let me tell you a mystery to life. No matter the gifting or the anointing that you carry, sometimes you need to humble yourself to be sure that that message that God has given to you is actually for you or for somebody else. There are times God will tell you, be quiet, be patient. So you look at somebody and you just go on live on Instagram. This is what the Lord is saying concerning Nigeria. We should be patient. And God is laughing at you in heaven. That's your word. That's your word. It was Pastor Chris that actually curbed my eagerness to always go on social media and just start preaching or just start saying things. Why? Because many of the times, if you don't internalize some things well, you just realize that you are talking. It's God actually talking to you. 
Are you following what I'm saying this morning? Every word of God is flawless. He's a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words. Let's put back the scripture so that somebody can see. Somebody wouldn't come on Friday. He says, do not add to his words. Or what, he would do, what will he do when you add to his words? He rebuke you. The rebuking of God is more dangerous than the rebuking of men. Because if men rebuke you, you can change location. When God rebukes you, just leave the earth. I rebuke you from God. Just, 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 just die. Now, if you not kill yourself again, that's automatic ticket to hell. So just be like Jacob. I will not let you go until you bless me. Now, if it is cost too, we will be here. Do not add to his words. Don't edit it. You cannot plagiarize his words. Don't try to make it suit you. I used to do that when I was very young. When you're trying to catch a lady, you start appearing like you know scriptures. This is the will of God. Do you even have a will? Do you know his will for your life? Many of the ladies that are falling for that stuff is the will of God for my life. Really? It's the counsel of God. Did, did you approach God to be your counselor? This is what God is saying for this season. Which season? Never forget the day somebody said to us at our previous venue that this is God's word for THN in this season. I said, which one? The one we are coming out or the one we are in? Because I'm confused. Because a season is for a period of time. So if we are just answering a season, and I say this is God's word for this season, and God has told us that this month is our month of what? Favor. Then somebody now comes and says, this is what God is saying for the season. It's the month of repentance. Repentance, favor. It's two different things. Don't add to his words. When you do, he will rebuke you. And because he is not a liar, he will prove you to be a liar. This part is a mystery that it might take some people a long time to really understand it. When God decides to prove you a liar, it's more or less as if like, whatever it seems that you're doing, just starts getting exposed. That which you think you're covering. It says, either cover it is sin, will not what? Not prosper. Now, prosperity is not all about money. Prosperity is when it's clearly obvious that God is not with you. I pray for somebody under the sound of my voice. Whatever you're doing, that has created a distance between you and God. I remove you from that thing now in the name of Jesus. Every word of God is flawless. Every word of man is questionable. Words are laws. They are kingdom elements. Words are containers full of life and death. If you read Proverbs 18.21, you understand that. Your words are full of life and full of death. Words are spiritual codes and power-filled attributes. Words are spirit. I said that on Friday. They are spirit. They have the ability to hover and to hang. Let me explain the part of hovering. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. Let's put it up real quick. Genesis 1 verse 1. You will see that the word of God can hover. 
in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2. Verse 2. Verse 2. Now the earth was formless, empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God, which is also the Word of God, was what? Was overing over the waters. The Spirit could not do anything. The Word could not do anything. The words was in there, but the words could not do anything. Why? Because the words were not yet spoken. Then Isaiah 55 verse 11, it tells you that God's word can hang over your life. What does it mean to hang? To stay. Isaiah 55 verse 11, let's see. It says, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return back to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So that means whatever God has spoken concerning your life, just wait, just chill. It will manifest. Don't be in a rush. The Lord said, I'll be fruitful. So you want to create your own husband yourself. The Lord said, I'll be great. So you want to try all kinds of schemes. One of the earnest counsel my late father will always give me before he passed on was that tomorrow, if truly you are going to go into ministry, do not add anything to it that is not of Jesus. I know those that have approached me and they have said, let's take you to one particular prophet so if he prays for you, you will blossom in the But I know Ibadan is filled with ancestral powers. I know. I know. This, is a, this land is a very... If you prosper in this land, God is on your side. This land... I'm, see, let me shock somebody. If you can prosper in Ibadan, you can prosper anywhere else. It's the truth. Lagos is not hard. The only reason, the only issue why people think Lagos is hard is because it's crowded. Ibadan is not crowded, but it's just hard. Just hard. If I take you down the streets of Ring Road right now and take you from houses to houses, you realize that 90% of the people that live there, they've been there for more than 20, 30 something years. And they've chosen not to move. The worst part is there's a shop very close to my grandmother's house. That shop has been there before I was born. The shop is still there. And the owner of the shop is still the owner of the shop. They've not changed leadership. And they've not changed marketing strategy. All she says is, Gary, Eko, Ogi. That's what she's still selling. By now, I've expected the business to have branches. No branch. No sales girl. No security. No POS. No signboard. One day my uncle cracked the joke that if this woman died, they must bury her in that shop. That's the toughness of this land. The toughness of this land. So if you can break through in a land that is like this, tell me where you can make an impact. So the person said, let's take you to a place. It is very hard. It is very hard. I shared it before in THN Church. The biggest success of any ministry in this land is we built a church and we have church boss. We built our church. We fenced it. We have church boss. A pastor literally said to me, he said, there is nothing like success in ministry until when you have your own church property and you have church boss. And I looked at him and said, is that your definition of success in ministry? Because the question I want to ask next is, what do we use that church bus for? Do we use it to pick members to come to church? Say, no. Maybe one woman is doing a jodun somewhere. It's that bus that conveys people there. I'm telling you the truth. Go and do your research. 
choose not to come to THN Church on a Sunday. Just stay on the street and tell me how many church bus you see moving around on the road, picking members. Never. The church, is, the church bus is packed in that church compound. In fact, every Sunday, they've removed the tire. But on Friday, you see the tire there. The driver shows up. Where are we going? What's happening? Uh, the dickiness in prayer department. Our grandmother died, so we are going for the funeral. To pick church members on a Sunday? Never. Never. But for barrier, that boss will walk. I'm telling you true stuff. So if you can break this ground, you can break any other ground. Maybe when I get to Ogun State, then I'll know what operates there. But this one, I know it. I know it. If the Lord helps you to build a house in this land, be doing Thanksgiving every day. Every day. If prophecies are generated by words, then problems are engineered by words. Words are best described by its sound and by the spirit. The best way to describe a word is the sound and the spirit. Why is it that when somebody looks at you high ball to high ball and says, something shakes within you like the person has shattered your foundation. One of the statements we say in church today that people just think that that word does not, those statement does not carry weight is when a man of God or anybody just looks at you and tells you the Lord bless you. You're like, sir, can you pray more? One comedian went to meet uh, Papa Oyedebo. He said, Papa, please pray for me. Papa said, the Lord bless you. He said, Papa, more, more. Why? Because God bless you now looks um, uh, casual. It now looks, um, it looks like a cliche. God bless you. Ah, just hold your head and give thanks. So what you want is you want specific details. May the Lord destroy the, 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 the banks of the evil. May the Lord open the... God bless you. Carries weight. So they tell you it will not be better for you. And you're about to have your wedding. You're about to write an exam. Then you start doing all kinds of marathon kinds of prayer. Why? Because something told you that that statement you heard, there's a spirit backing it up and it came with a very powerful sound that you could not ignore. And I declare as a man that loves God, every negative word spoken over your life, they are destroyed in the name of Jesus. Our ears can decode the sounds of words. And our spirit can embrace the power that they carry. Words have power. They can destroy and they can create. I'm helping somebody this morning. Words, they have power. They can destroy and they can do what? They can create. In actual fact, a single word can change everything. Let there be light. A single word. You can always link most experience to what was spoken into time. The spirit of a man is the foundation of his existence, just as the foundation determines the kind of structure that is erected on it. So that's to tell you the power that words carry. Words are uniquely empowered to take root first in your spirit before they surface. When somebody tells you, you are, when somebody causes your health with words, 
that you are not comfortable with, you don't see the impact on your skin. It goes to your spirit first. Words are materials that, that, that take root downward and bear fruit upward. The words must be spoken. That spoken word is as powerful as what you're experiencing. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Let's say that real quick. Proverbs 16, 24. It says, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to what? To the bones. Words have creative spirit, empowered to hinder, to harm, to hurt, or to humiliate. The same words have the right energy to heal, to help, and to give hope. If you read John chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God by himself. The fact that you cannot see what was spoken does not mean it's not real. Are you following me this morning? The fact that you can't see what was spoken does not mean that it's not real. If only you remember that it was an unseen word that created the seen word where we are right now. Words are likened to wind. You can hear it. You can feel it. But you can't see it. In the spirit realm, words are real. Words have force. Words have capacity. And words have power. They are real. They have force. They have capacity. And they have power. Just in case you've been living your life, just living out with careless words. You know, if you're saying careless words, that's you. But if you're allowing careless words into your space, words have power. They have capacity. They have a force. Luke 23, verse 39 to 43. Luke 23, verse 39 to 43. Luke 23, 39 to 43. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and save us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? Since you are under the same sentence, but committed differently. Verse 41. We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done absolutely nothing wrong. Next verse. Then he said, Jesus, do what? Remember me when I come, when you come into your kingdom. Verse 43. See what Jesus said. Jesus answered him. I'll tell you the truth. Today, you do what? You'll be with me in paradise. I went back to study this same scripture yesterday for just a little time. And this was my discovery. 
that the two guys on the cross actually meant the same thing. The first one said, save yourself and do what? And save us. If truly you are Christ. The other one looked at him and said, why are you insulting this man? Don't you fear God? He didn't do what we did. Now you're telling him to save himself and save us. You know what that one was trying to correct him about? He said, you're telling him to save himself and save us so that we can go back into our own world. That's what the first one meant. That can you just save me from this cross so that probably was caught for stealing so that I can go back and we strategize how to steal better and not be caught. And the second one, the latter said, don't you fear God, since you are under the same sentence. Now, uh, the last verse, let's, let's read the last verse. Let's read the last verse, uh, 41. Put it on 41. 41. See what he said. He said, we are punished justly for we are getting what our deeds done, but this man has done nothing wrong. That's the second guy speaking, 42. 42. 42. He says, then he said to Jesus, he did not say save yourself and save us. What did he say? He said, remember me when you get into your kingdom. It means that by the time you want to save me, don't save me back to my mess. Save me back to your glory. So you see how powerful words can be. That's why sometimes you pray. God is not answering. Because the meaning of your words cannot align with his personality. He can't save a thief to go back to stealing. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? He can't save a fisherman to go back to fishing for fish. What does he do? He saves a fisherman to go back to fishing for men. Anytime he saves you by your words, he elevates you. He never saves you and puts you on the same spot. Every salvation comes with an elevation. So the first one was, was right. If you're Christ, save yourself and save me. Just help me disappear from this cross so I can go do my thing. The other one said, I know you have what it takes to save me. But you know what? Save me and put me in your kingdom. Because if I go back to this world, if I go back to this mess, I will come back to the cross. And by the time I come back to the cross, you know the irony of that scripture? Jesus might not be on that cross again. He might not be on that cross again. This is a very hard statement. But I just hope the Holy Spirit will make it find meaning in your heart. Every junction in the life of a man, help is waiting for him. But it takes an open eyes to find help at crossroad. It takes an open eyes to find help at what? At crossroad. Because every direction looks like help. So just in case you're trusting God for money, sleeping with a senator will get you the money. Just in case you're trusting God for promotion at work, sleeping with your boss will get you the promotion. Just in case the pressure to, to get married and to have a child is on you and you just pick any guy, sleep with him, do whatever you want to do. See, see anybody can get married. Anybody. Anybody. You can pick any guy. If you're not saying... Established ladies, picking security, picking protocol, picking gate man, driver. Some people just go to the street and just pick someone and say, I like him, he's tall, he's fit, bring him, we'll polish him. Just get married. 
But real marriage is when the Lord joins you together. What we are saying in many marriages that has collapsed is they just joined themselves. Your father is my father's friend. Your mother is my mother's friend. Come together. Oh, you are a doctor. I'm a doctor too. Oh, you studied law. I studied law. Oh, you are from my village. Ah, Ekiti. Let's join. Ah, you are Elisha. I'm Elisha too. Let's join. Oh, you are a THM member. I'm a THM member too. Just join. Oh, you are AS. I'm AS too. Let's join. Praise God. You just join. But the one, the, the one that will pass the test of time is the one that God joins together. So I was just reading this and I just felt I should share with you that the two of them meant the same thing. But one of them was particular about the kingdom he wanted to return to. Your words determine your delivery. Your words determine what covers your shame. That's why you always hear me every time in this house. I told you the prayer my father used to pray for me, that I will never see shame. I will not even know what it looks like. You know, there's a prayer that says, God saved me from shame, right? That means you saw it. It's different from you will never. I'm praying that same prayer for somebody here this morning. Oh, if you receive this word this morning, you will never see shame. Your word determines what fits your emptiness. I hate church. You hear the truth from me this morning. I hate church. Everybody appears to be like they are fed. Whereas every, virtually every one of us, there is that space of emptiness. There is. I watch some men of God on the screen, watch them on YouTube, watch them on TV, and I tell myself inwardly, tomorrow I wish you can be this great. I wish. I wish. Maybe my wife would bear me witness. I'm like, I wish I could be this. The only thing that comes to my spirit as consolation is that time would tell. There's a great man of God that I follow greatly. You all know I served in that ministry for three and a half years, Pastor Chris. He walks into a venue. You will know that a presence has entered. Not perfume. Not cologne. Somebody was trying to tell me about him. He said, those, he said there are men that have dined with angels and they have communed with spirits. You, you are still communing with your neighbor. Are you listening to me this morning? Words. Yesterday I was watching the Holy Ghost service. I saw a man of 81 years old still laying hands on people with so much tenacity and joy. And I asked myself a question. When you are 81, where would you be? The same with Kenneth Copeland. It is something, and this man is still jumping and still teaching about faith. Some men have gone far. We are just starting. Are you, are you getting what I'm trying to say? His words can feed your emptiness. 
Don't you desire that when you walk into a place and every other person that sits on that same seat after you, they begin to come and testify of what God has said? That's what I want. I want a situation whereby when I sit on that chair, everybody that sits on it that is trusting God for the fruit of the womb, they get their babies. Somebody looking for a job or somebody looking for a visa, place his passport on that chair. I'm not saying you should try it after the service, but if it works, glory be to God. They put their passport. They say, Pastor, as I live. You know, when, when, when I saw the testimony that was shared today and they told me, tears began to come out of my eyes. Because there are some things that we just do and we don't even know that the result is still coming. I never even knew that those couples lost their child. I never knew they prayed that kind of prayer. You see, you can tell in THN if we are formulating testimonies. Yes or no? Because we don't share it every Sunday. Abby, why? Not because God is not doing it. The people just choose not to talk. I had to tell them yesterday. I said, go and confirm from people. God is doing something in THN. People are not just talking. Now, the reason why your own is hanging is because the one he has done thus far, you have not shared it. You have not shared it. Ah, but pastor, my own testimony does not carry weight. The bike was coming. It almost hit me, so I dodged it. It's a testimony. Because someone like my grandma cannot dodge bike. I should just go and look for the price of a coffin because she's dead. You can still dodge bike. Ah, it's a testimony. It's a testimony. Some of us cannot dodge it. There are some ladies here with what they are wearing. If the bike is coming, just eat me. Because if they decide to jump, it can't even work. It can't even work. The gown is way bigger than you. You struggled with the gown to climb up. If I protocol had to help you hold part of it, forget. Same with some guys. Their trousers is so tight, they hardly can move it. Say, oh God, jam me, Jerry. Like, I've explained before in this house. I was talking to my covenant brother uh, in the UK. He relocated to the UK, so me too, I'm relocating very soon. Amen. Ah. <laughs> and he, he, was, he was talking about, we were just talking about church and everything. He was telling me everything. And I said to him, I said, we men of God, we ministers of the gospel, we Christians, we need to change the orientation about testimony. And he said, you're right, Pete Thomas. I said, yes. I said, because if the thing is not heavy, it looks like it's not a testimony. Do you know that waking up, sleeping and waking up is a testimony? It's a testimony. I used to go to CSC church back then too. That you can go to the restroom and come out refreshed. It's a testimony. It's a testimony. Because we have seen situations whereby people cannot sit comfortably. They cannot. I don't know whatever they call JDJD, JD, but those that have experienced it, you can explain. You can explain. You can explain. That your head is not banging. I hear my friends sometimes they say, I have my grain. I'm asking myself, God, make me have my grain. Let me know what it feels like. I don't, I don't know what my grain looks like. I see them going through all kinds of pain. I'm like, what's wrong with you? It's, 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 it's migraine. No, that migraine sounds to me like, um, what's this thing called? 
uh, what's this uh, other name for butter? Mayonnaise. It's not like migraine. I'm like, how is it doing? All I know is headache. And to be honest with you, I am using myself as an example. The solution to my headache is not paracetamol. It's food. It's food. Some of us can bear witness. You really don't have headache. It's hunger. It's hunger. It's not headache. Give him the right food. Headache is gone. That's why there are some sicknesses I pray for. There are some I don't pray for. Pastor, I'm having stomach pain. You are really not having stomach pain. Pastor, I'm having a headache. Yeah, Pastor, I'm tired. I'm just weak. You, are, you can't be weak when there's glucose. When there's food. Praise God. Words feed, fill our emptiness. Your words determine what secures your destiny. So if you are going to change your circumstances or your terrible life experiences, if you are going to position yourself to be favored, you must change your words. You can't keep saying the same thing and, experience, and trying to expect a different experience. The heat of flames should provoke a word for freedom. Whenever you hear somebody shout, help, something is burning. Something is burning. Nobody just shouts, help. And your words has to be strategic. Your words have to be well defined. Your words must align with his words. Let me tell you one of the things that caught the attention of Jesus. The man said, the blind man by the roadside said, Jesus, son of David, have do what? Have mercy on me. Because if you cure my blindness, I now have another issue. Cure my blindness, put my sight back together, I still have issues. What's the issue? Who accept me? Where do I go from here? He was blind from his mother's womb. So more than likely, he was not educated. More than likely, he does not even know who his family member are. So, open my eyes. Pam, I can see. What next? You know, there's a way you help somebody and you think that the thing is over. Then the person comes back and says, that thing has solved though, but... A good example is somebody who, that's why I told myself, I will never partake in that kind of ministry. That ministry of joining people. Joining a man and a woman together. Never. Because you join a man, you do attache, join your uncle in London, join him with one THN sister here in Nigeria because she's nice. And after you join them, then that sister is coming to meet you every Sunday. Your uncle is not calling me. Wait. Uh, have, I've done my part. Your uncle does not know how to pray. Teach him. Um, um, Mr. Mata, I just want to tell you um, that your uncle that you joined me with, um, he has not he has not replied for the past two weeks, and me, um, yeah, I'm ready. I've done one like that before. You know when you are trying to join your friend and join something. So his person just came to meet me and say, uh, your 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 friend talks too much. But when I was joining, you didn't notice. He talks too much. He doesn't know how to pray. He's not, he's, he's, not as a, he's not a church person like you. Then make him a church person. I can't do that for you. Are, you. are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's why I'm so glad that it was me and my wife that joined ourselves. And God joined us. Because if somebody connected me to her and connected her to me, I would be reporting every day. That girl you brought, something is wrong. That guy too you brought, something is wrong. Praise God. 
Life keeps a record of your wrongs, but God keeps to his word. That's a good news for somebody. Life can keep a record of your wrongs. What does God do? He keeps to his word. Ensure that your words are his words. No addition, no subtraction. Once your words are his words, I'm happy to announce to you, men can set you ablaze. God knows how to favor you. God knows how to what? God knows how to favor you. Leviticus chapter 26 verse 9. Leviticus 26 verse 9. Leviticus 26 verse 9. It says, I'll look on you with favor and make you fruitful. Let me hear an amen. amen. I'll look on you with favor and I will make you fruitful. Amen. I will increase your numbers and I will keep my covenant with you. I don't care whatever they say. I don't care whatever they've said. I don't care whatever they are planning to say. God knows how to favor you. He knows. He knows. You know, you know it, it, it's amazing how life would think that they have eaten up the fire so much. And God is coming with spirits, with angels, with AC. I told you on Friday, I said the burning furnace, the, 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 the burning fire does not burn. It's just a place where you cruise with spirits. If the heat is not much, you would not know how to shout. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? If the heat is not much, you would not know how to shout. Have many of you not noticed that in this country, people don't shout up Nepa in the morning? Because it's cool. We really don't care. Bring light or you don't bring light. We don't care because everywhere is bright. But the best time to hear hop nepa is when? In the night. Because people cannot just endure sleeping with it. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? When the heat is much. So like one pastor said, he said, be grateful for the heat because God knows how to get you freshened up. Be grateful for the heat. The only time you will know that those your two legs that you think looks like yam cannot run like Usain Bolt. Ah. I really wish it's a dog that would chase you, not a dog. Let an hyena chase you. By the time they check the time that you used to run from your house to the next house, Usain Bolt will come and give you an award and say, fastest runner. I've seen dog has never chased me before because I know my boundaries. I know myself. You can't invite me to your house and say the dog will not buy it. Call me. Never. You will change that dog. You will change that dog. I remember, I think there was a time like that. I, I was inside my car and um, I was planning to come down. I was planning to come down and I saw the dog in Minister Toby's house. I stayed in my car. Him and his wife would say, Pastor, the dog is friendly. does not bite. He's very dull. You know when the owner of a dog tells you the dog is dull? You know, if you tell me the dog is wise, then I'll even listen to you. The dog is dull. <laughs> so I don't know how people still fall victims. Say, cannot bite, cannot bite. Now you have entered the compound. <laughs> when the eat is much, God knows how to favor you. 
Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Engage your word with what he says. Because engagement is authority and intentionality. Engage your words with what? With what he says. If this is the scripture you wake up with every morning and tell God, Father, you said you will look on me and favor me. Father, you said you will make me fruitful. Father, you said you will increase my numbers. Father, you said you will keep your covenant with me. But I've told you, before you pray with these scriptures, ask yourself, what's the covenant? Because God too will look at you and say, but I'm actually keeping my covenant with you. A great teacher of the gospel said to me, he said, diverse people with different kinds of covenant. Let me tell you one kind of strange covenant. And I'm, I'm, this, I'm helping somebody. I'm always trying to help somebody on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning. There are some people that every one of us is unique and grace-filled in the sight of God. Every one of us is special. But there are some of us that have a unique kind of relationship and covenant with God. The Yoruba call those kind of people Omoma Jemu. I will explain to you what it means by Mama Jemu. If your mother had to do some kind of consultation and covenant with God before you are born, ha, you are special. That's one. Two, if your mother gave birth to you out of wedlock, you are special. Three, if several people have died in your mother's womb and you struggle to come out alive, you are special. Four, your mother was trusting God for the fruit of the womb and she did not find any until she went to a mountain to pray like Anna. Father, if you give me this child, I will give him back to you. Ah, you are special. So as you leave this church, call your mom, ask them, which one do you? Because I've been, mom, just, just tell her, say, mom, me and you, I've been living my life anyhow. I want to know the iOS operating system. That is operating over my life and destiny. Then she cannot tell you and say, Ah, come on, your father pressured me. So I went to one mountain. I went to one Baba at Elisha. He gave me something to drink. Ah, special. You are very special. But if your father and your mother just got married, bam. And on the wedding night, they did whatever they had to do. Then you came out the following year. Oh, special, Joe. <laughs> Amen. So, you have to find out what a covenant is. Because understanding this thing about covenant is that your life operates around it. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? That was the case of Samuel. The mother, Anna, remembered the covenant she made with God. And she had to take the child back to the house of the Lord. If Samuel was not taken to the house of the Lord, God would take him back. So there are some of you here, under the sound of my voice, the kind of covenant that operates you is that God works with you as long as you are with him. But the moment you are outside him, every other thing fails. That's the way some of you covenant is, and you don't know. Some of you, the kind of covenant that operates over your head is a covenant of do not add anything to the name of God. Some people... I'm not giving them a blank check for it. Some people, they serve God and they serve mama. And everything is just going up and down, up and down. But you, the day you tried, 
You all heard about the story of the founder of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Sorry, I'm saying this. The covenant that was over his life was that he must not use any kind of medication. That his healing therapy is just water. Pray on water, drink it, bath with water, you're fine. I don't want to bore you how God called him or anything of that. But that was the principle at which that man worked with for almost all the time of his life. Until full-time civilization came and they were introducing hospitals and all of that. Go for checkup, go for this, go for that. The same with Samson. Let me explain Samson a little bit. Cut his hair? What happens? Some of you might need to go and make inquiry on the covenant that works with you. Because God is looking at you and saying, you are praying this prayer endlessly. I'm actually remembering my covenant. And the agreement I have with you is that the moment you don't involve me, it will not work. But the moment you involve me, it will work. So God is keeping his part because he's not a liar. But you are the one that is not doing your part. Are you getting me this morning? Some of you might need to go ask that question. You might really need to. Someone like me, I already know the covenant that works with me. And what's that covenant? I must not add anything to God. Some of you, the covenant that works over your life is God is waiting for you to talk before you can say anything. Some of you, the covenant that works over your life is quietness. God wants you quiet before you can do anything. And some of you, the kind of covenant that works with you, now if this is for you, I just helped you. The covenant that works with you must that you must always enter trouble. <laughs> it's trouble that makes you know God. Are you following me this morning? So you are more like a supplanter. You are like Jacob. The more the trouble, the more God shows up. So God derives in your trouble to show himself. So you are not trying to live a very quiet life. Say, ah, I want to keep to myself. This trouble is too much. God is looking at you and say, see, 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 mumu. Keep entering trouble. So I just help somebody now. After you leave church, enter trouble. And you will see how God will show up for you. Amen? But if it's not your covenant, don't try it. So ask questions. Praise God. Your level of authority gets your word empowered. Your level of authority will determine the impact of your words. So the more force that is applied on words, the more pressure is experienced. I was, I was told that in physics, that the more force you apply on an object, the impact will always be felt. So don't joke with words. Don't joke with words. If I'm going to be questioned by words, then I should war with words. If you ask me questions with words, then I must make impact with words. I must respond back with words. I know I'm flamed. I know that there, are, that, that there are issues, circumstances around me that does not justify my existence. But guess what? I'm flamed and favored. Somebody say flamed and favored. So I close with this. Because we're going to pray. And the prayer we're going to pray, just two prayers, and I'll share the communion. Then I'll set the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do. In fact, I'm giving the Holy Spirit a few minutes to do whatever he wants to do. A few minutes. But get your heart ready. Write this down. And take this with you. It says, by your words you'll be condemned. 
By your words you'll be acquainted. And by your words you'll be condemned. So that means my words can bring me victory. My words can set me free. So this is one statement I want you to go home with today on an Easter Sunday. Stop toiling with words. Did you hear what I said? Stop what? Stop toiling with words. What do you do? Boil with words. Boil with words. Out of the abundance of the heart. What happens? The mouth speaks it. There was a phrase I read for them on Friday. I said, if all you are shouting is that same thing the latter guy on the cross shouted, Jesus, do what? Remember me. Not that he has forgotten you. You are calling for attention. Stop toiling with words. Oh, they've said you are going to be great, so you are living your life anyhow. Your life is like somebody who they said will become a king and went to go and wander in the wilderness. May God help you remember the way back to the palace. There's a Yoruba phrase. Anybody that knows it, they said uh, it goes like it goes like something like follow on shore. They said follow on shore that is using is climbing a banana tree with banana rope. Your name is follow on shore. We are begging God to keep you. Now you are climbing. Stop toiling with words. That's a very deep statement. Stop toiling. Somebody looks at you and curse you and you go to bed. Somebody looks. You know, life has taught me that they don't even have to say it. Just they looking. Someone looks at you and do like this. That's the day you know that I have two long hands. Give it back to you. Why do you think two cars are trying to fight themselves on the road? Why? Because one driver did like this. I used to do it. My wife used to caution me. In fact, my wife just told me, said, your, your car is customized. You better be careful. Me? You are driving rubbish on the road? By the time I drive past you, I don't talk. I just like this. <laughs> and I noticed that once I do that thing, I don't care if it's a soldier, I don't care if it's a police, I don't care where the person is. But once I, I look, I, I just drive past me. I noticed that the countenance and the driving of that person will just change. It's like the person is trying to race after me, or the, once I do like this, the next reaction I'll see, the person will do like this to me. And I just have to tell you the truth. All through my driving, my heart is doing kiki. You know why it's doing kiki? What if this person double-cross me? What if this person call people to come and beat me? What if this person follow me to my house? Just like the day myself and my wife and, and her sisters went to uh, Ojaaba to buy something. So these talk guys, they were trying to scatter the road and everything. So they, they banged the car and everything. So I was like, how you bang my car like that? I said, Baba, kill everything. Doing everything. Bah, 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 bah. See, I'm bamboo to him. I'm shaking him. I'm falling screen. I was already seeing the guy, the way he was talking. I said to myself, no matter what I do here, this one will beat me. So, I didn't know, you know, you know, you know there's, there's uh, uh, I'm trying to remember the scripture now. He said, uh, like, uh, like shepherd, 
like sheep, like priests, like people. I thought I was the only one with the scon-scon. The next thing I saw, my, my wife just said, what being that? My shit, my, ah! <laughs> you know to see me on that day? I said, baby, keep quiet. He said, can you throw a back? I'm going to The sister at the back, too, was saying, well, be that. My shit, ah! I said, ah! I looked at the people shouting. Me, I already kept quiet. I looked at the people shouting. I saw my wife, her hands were vibrating. I said, once your hands start vibrating, our fight has not started. You have lost. <laughs> you have lost. I said, for me, that started the thing. I don't calm down. People now say, oh, Bieda, yeah, So one guy came, sorted the guy, did everything. He said, you can go. I was driving. In my mind, they left me inside the car. I rolled up the glass. I was speaking in tongues. I said, God, what if this guy comes back? This is territory. What if he comes back? Behold, the guy came back. Oh. We are now going. The guy now blocked the road. All the people that were shouting. I was here. I said, ah! Inside the car, I was in like this guy. Stop toiling with words. Stop toiling with words. What do you do? Boil. Charge up. Charge up with words. Charge up with words. There's a scripture that says, make tremendous power available. Make it available. Stop toiling with words. Be on your feet this morning. Be on your feet this morning. We believe you have been blessed by this audio podcast, and we never like to close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart today, and I am making you the Lord of my life. Amen. Congrats. You are now a child of God. Thank you for listening and downloading Tamiwa Oluwen Podcast. We want to take over nations for Christ. Partner with us today by visiting www.heavennation.org forward slash donate. Kindly subscribe to get update of new messages and share with your friends and families. We love you and we celebrate you.